Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Yankees Death Star podcast. It is a pretty good day. Uh, The weather here in Oklahoma is fantastic. The only way I could be doing better is if the Yankees played today, because that would be cool. But they don't. We play tomorrow. Um, We finished up our first two series of the year, and we got one break before we face the Rays tomorrow. Um, I'm here with Mark and Dave. Mark, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Um, Good to be here. Um, We're looking forward to playing the Rays tomorrow. They have the old man on the mound, um, 41-year-old, who is just a little bit older than us. So at this point, you know, I guess we can call him the old man, but that makes us feel old too. Dave, how old are you? How are you feeling, Dave? Uh, Man, I'm only like in my 37. I think I'm 37, but the reality is I feel a whole lot older. My balls are definitely sagging a whole lot uh, more than they should be for sure. All right, let's go ahead and talk about uh, uh, what we're going to talk about this game today. Uh, We're going to go ahead and first bring up the pregame for tomorrow where we play the Rays. We are excited about this game. The Rays did uh, really good last year, and it's always fun to be able to play a team uh, that we um, practice in their backyard for spring training and all that other stuff. Uh, Then we're going to break down our players. We're going to tell you who's been playing really well recently, um, who to keep an eye on, especially... uh, you know, we're going to be um, playing against Hill. This is something, a matchup that we're pretty excited about. He's a great pitcher, uh, definitely an anchor to that that rotation. Uh, but we do have players that do very well against the style of pitching that he does. So we're going to break down that for you guys. And then we're going to look at the next few games. We might look at 10, 12 games down the road to make sure that you guys have an understanding of what the um, um, schedule is going to look like. And also, we're going to be looking up the injury report as we're going through here to make sure that there's no updates that have been um, done um, since. Also, we'll look at the transaction stuff to make sure that we are all set and there's nothing else that has been done that you guys don't need to be aware of. So definitely stay tuned to to the Yankee Death Star. Uh, Like Mark said, I'm Dave, and I'll be with you guys all afternoon. All right, so let's go ahead and start with the game for tomorrow. Um, we have uh, Corey Kluber on the mound versus Rich Hill. Uh, Rich Hill has been in the game for what seems like uh, most of my adult life. Uh, you know, he's been in in uh, baseball for a very, very long time. He broke into the scene in 2005, which is two years after I graduated high school. Um, so that should tell you this guy has been a long, around a long, long time. Uh, it's really neat to be able to see a player like him uh, to be able to uh, continue to pitch in the um, major leagues and really figure out how to uh, command the ball to be able to be effective. And, you know, he's had a shaky um, you know, last few years, but I think this is going to be a fun year for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's old and he's listed at number four on the Rays depth chart uh, in their starting rotation. But he's He's really, really good. He's good enough to be higher than that on a lot of people's depth charts. Um, I was looking at his statistics over his career, his long career, and he uh, let's see, he started pitching in 05, and it's been since uh, since 2009. He has only had one year where he hasn't pitched an ERA of either one in the ones, twos, or threes. 
except for since 2009, not including um, this year, he's made one start, a lot of couple runs. Uh, so his sample size this year isn't enough to worry about, but he allowed a couple runs. So he hadn't he hadn't seemed to uh, tail off too much towards the end of his career. He's never pitched all that fast, so he's able to to uh, continue to do what he has done to make him successful so far throughout his career. He's a little bit similar to Kluber in that regard, and uh, we get to see him face off against Kluber, which is awesome. Um, you're not going to see a lot of uh, you're not going to le- see a lot of high heat until we uh, get the relievers in the game. But you are going to see a lot of crafty pitching and a lot of skill. Um, Kluber is younger, but he's been through a lot already in his career. Uh, he looked really good in his first start. Um, he got us excited about his potential. Uh, he looked healthy. He looked like his arm felt good. And he looked like he had his stuff going. So it's it should be a really good matchup between a couple of veteran uh, crafty pitchers and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, man, absolutely. And for those people that recognize Hill as a name, he played for Boston, uh, back in 2010 through 2012. Uh, he came out of the bullpen. Uh, this is something that he's done a couple times in his career. Uh, but right now he is um, pitching, um, as a starter. He's only went four innings this last game. It's something that we got to watch right here as he continues to try to find his stuff. He had four strikeouts, but like Matt said, he allowed a few runs. I think he allowed four runs that game. Um, really not something he wants to do very often. But again, he was able to get four strikeouts. And it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, he does against our lineup. Matt says he doesn't uh, pitch very uh, hard, and he really doesn't. But the reality is, is the guys here that he's going to be facing uh, do very well against pitchers like this. Uh, I will be definitely interested to see how Stanton does, how judge does um and different things like that now stanton leads the team with rbis right now he has five rbis he's just doing a really great job um at completing those things uh you know we have a couple guys with two home runs but gary sanchez and aaron judge both have two home runs right now uh they're they're doing some great things um stanton has five rbis because he hit a grand slam um that really helped his rbi case uh, so it was really good for him to be able to get four RBIs on one hit. Uh, Aaron Judge has eight hits right now, so he leads the team in hits. That's really good because he started the season really, really slow. Uh, he has heated up very much so. Uh, that's really nice to be able to see. He's only been walked one times, uh, one time in uh, 22 at-bats. But the good thing about Aaron Judge, he's only struck out four times. So that's really good. Uh, it means Aaron Judge is getting a lot more calls this year, which is really exciting to see because we like to see Aaron Judge's strikeout rate really low, and that is uh, proof that it is happening, and it's, he's doing very well at it. Glaber Torres and Aaron Hicks both lead the team in strikeouts this year. They both have nine strikeouts. Uh, Torres just looks a little shaky right now, both in defense and the offensive side. That will change as the time goes on. He's incredibly young. He's only 23. I know that's strange to say that uh, Glaber is young because we've seen him play for the Yankees for so many years now. But just give this young man some time as he develops um, being at shortstop. Uh, This is really his first full year at shortstop. So this will be really interesting to see how he can pull things together. Um, Looking at the rest of the stuff, we have a few guys. DJ LeMahieu and our old man um, to the team, Jay Bruce. They both have five walks. Um, 
that's something that I like to see because it shows that these guys are doing a really good job at their plate presence. Jay Bruce has only had uh, 20 at-bats, and he has five walks, so that's a 20% right there. That's really good um, job by Jay Bruce. I would love to see that uh, continue throughout the season. Um, so these are really good things that we're seeing. Uh, the RBIs, is, um, like I said, Aaron Judge and Stanton, they both have five RBIs. That's really good by both of them. Just doing a really good job. Gary Sanchez only has three RBIs because both of his home runs, I believe, were solo shots. So um, that's just something to keep an eye on because I'm sure that people start getting on base when he's up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's done really well this season. Uh, it was important for him to get off to a good start uh, given his struggles last year um, and, in fact, the previous few years. Um, so to see him homer in the first two games was fantastic. His OPS is, uh, I think that's the third, he's right behind Judge, and out of the people with a significant sample size, it's those two leading. Uh, Kyle Higashioka actually leads the team. And if anybody doesn't know what OPS is, is a person's on-base percentage. So that counts as if you get a hit or if you reach base on a walk or get hit by a pitch or anything like that. Um, per how many times you're up at bat, that's your on-base percentage. And then the slugging percentage is also added to that Um and the slugging percentage is per uh, per at bat that a batter has. How many bases total do they go? Do, or are they able to progress throughout the base path on each on each at bat? So if someone gets if so, let's say some if two guys had uh, had four bats four at bats a piece, one of them could hit four singles and be batting a thousand and go four for four and the other could go one for three and but if that one is a home run then he moves around all four bases so each one of them has had four at bats and they've each moved around uh, the bases one full time so each of them has gotten four ba four bases one of them did it in one at bat, and the other did it in all four. But the OPS or the um, the slugging percentage just divides it by the number of plate appearances you have. So the OPS is a combination of those two things. So it's measuring how likely you are to get on base, which is important because you don't always need a home run or an extra base hit. Sometimes you just need to get on base to move the runners around the bases and uh, your slugging percentage matters because if it's high then you're more likely in more scenarios to drive in runs or to hit home runs and drive yourself in so OPS is a combination of those two statistics and nowadays um, teams actually care more about that statistic than they do about batting average if someone's hitting a bunch of home runs, they really don't care um, if they have a low batting average because home runs equal at least one run and oftentimes more. So that's what they want, um, and they don't necessarily care so much anymore about batting average. Uh, some people complain about that. I kind of like a combination. I like to see home runs, but I also like to see guys like 
DJ LeMayhew, who just battles uh, Annette Bats and Brett Gardner, and then just find a way to get on base one way or another. So uh, Gary Sanchez is right behind Aaron Judge out of the two starters as far as OPS. They're the two that are over over 1,000 or 1.028 for Judge and 1.17 for Sanchez. And then Gardner and Higashioka in limited at bats are the other two that are over uh, over 1,000 OPS. So that's something to look at going forward, and that's something that the Yankees brass will definitely be monitoring because that's kind of just part of the part of the modern game it's not the same as it used to be they they want guys to move around the bases more than just getting on base yeah and 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 looking at Brett Gardner right now he's had 10 at bats he's had four um hits and two walks so that's something that he continues to do well if it wasn't for the three strikeouts he's had two of them were in the last game uh his his stats would be looking way better uh I've just been really impressed by Brett you know, something that both Matt and I have have really been able to appreciate is the fact that how long Brett's been in the game for. Um, if you've been a Yankee fan uh, like, you know, Matt, Mark and I have been, you recognize how long and how um, his his career has just been unbelievable. Uh, to me, there's very few guys that I look at this Yankee team that I get truly excited that they're on this team. He is one of those guys because I feel like he is the glue to this team. Um, I, you know, there's... The way that everybody treats him is just amazing. Uh, last year, um, a lot of our uh, um, chanting and our when we got big hits, we used to do the whole uh, Brett Gardner uh, thing where you take his bat and throw it up on top of the uh, dugout wall um, ceiling. Uh, it was something that happened. Brett came to the Yankees in 2008 um, from our minors, and we were able to watch him uh, grow as a player and as a man. And now we're watching him in the twilight of his career and just watching how he impacts so much of the game for this, these young players is truly spectacular. You know, I said it last uh, after last game about his play of telling Talkman where to slide. That was big for so many different reasons. But the rea- reality is, is that if um, Gardner wasn't down um, telling Mike where to slide, Mike would have been more to the left. Uh, he would have been tagged out, and that would have been a completely different s- scenario. Yes, the guy had the ball with one hand, um, and it wasn't in his glove, but he would have made the tag way more easy uh, to happen. So Gardner really impacts the game in not just a small little way. He makes sure that even the veterans, um, not the seasoned veterans, um, but the veterans are on the same page. Mike Talkman has been huge for us this year. He's gotten two stolen bases Um just been unbelievable he has had uh, one at bat and he struck out that at bat but man he's made a massive impact on this team on the bases and base running uh to me it was interesting we had opportunities to t- stick tyler wade on our on the bases a couple times um both of the stolen bases that talkman's had uh, tyler wade could have been substituted in the game and they decided not to go to wade they went to talkman instead man i love that call i love the aggression that boone is uh um, choosing to go with talkman He's just a great guy. I feel like this is a great opportunity for Talkman. Um, not just incredibly fast, but he's also incredibly talented at defense, and he can swing the bat with the best of them. Absolutely, I love Talkman. I'm I'm so glad we picked him up from the Rockies. We've kind of been uh, uh, taking a lot of the Rockies' talent lately. We didn't get Arenado, um, but we did get Talkman, and we got DJ LeMahieu, and. For a period of time, we had 
Adam Ottavino, who is probably their best pitcher, at least their best relief pitcher. So we like to poach their talent a lot. And Talkman, I just can't get over watching him run the bases because you see guys like, um, I don't know, like Tyler Wade in particular, as far as people on the active roster, and then Florial's fast. There's a few guys that are really fast, and for the most part, they're a little bit smaller. Um, like Wade is is not short. He's I think he's six feet, um, but he's like 180, 85 pounds maybe. That's probably being generous. Talkman is is six two and 220, 225. And he move. It seems like he moves around the bases just as fast as Wade, and he's the guy that they brought in initially when we needed a pinch runner, um, before they even brought Wade in. They put Talkman in to, and if if one of those two guys wasn't on first, and maybe only Talkman could have done it, I I like to think Wade could have done it too. But um, either just Talkman or both of them are the only two guys on the team probably that would have scored all the way from first on that play and it took that and it took the uh it took the third base coach waving him home and it took uh um Brett Gardner like Dave said to to guide the runner into home and tell him which side he needs to slide on to help him avoid the tag so all around that was just fantastic I like having some speedsters on the team because we're going to get into situations, especially in the playoffs, where it's the runs are really, really hard to come by. And if you can have someone like that on the base path to uh, to steal some bases or to just book at home um, on any kind of a hit, it's, it's a huge benefit. So love having Talkman on the team. All right, man. Let's go ahead and break down the schedule for the – Next, let's just go next nine games since we play um, six um, six games the same team. So we're going to break down those games to try to free, um, to get everything worked out. Uh, we only go eight deep about the pitchers, so um, we're just going to make sure when we break it down, we let you know who's the pitcher going to be for that night. All right, so starting Friday, April 9th, we play against Tampa. Uh, like we said, Kluber and Hill are on the mound. That will be a fun uh, matchup. Uh, Saturday, April 10th, we play against Tampa again. And on the 11th, we play against Tampa. On the 10th, we playing uh, Yarman and Archer are going to be pitching. Archer came back to Tampa Bay um, after having an unsuccessful stint um, elsewhere. So it'll be interesting to see if Tampa Bay can get him back on track. Um, on the 11th of April, we play against Tampa. Uh, this is going to be Montgomery and uh, Wacha. Is that how you say it? Wacha. Waka, man. All right. So it'll be interesting to see these two guys pitch. Montgomery obviously is uh, somebody that we're incredibly excited about. All right. Following that, we play three games at Toronto. Um, when I say at Toronto, we're playing um, in Buffalo. That will be um, against Toronto. Uh, we have Cole versus uh, Ryu. Uh, Tyon versus uh, Stripling. And Kluber versus Zerlich. So we saw all three pitchers this last week. Uh, I'm sure we'll be ready for them as well. Uh, so Cole, Tylon, and Kluber, that's going to be one, two, three against Toronto. Um, setting us up with Tampa Bay um, the very next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So for two weekends in a row, we play Tampa Bay. Um, Yarman and Montgomery are going to be um, pitching in those games. And we'll find out uh, who's going to be pitching on Sunday. 
Uh, it could be. I think it's probably because Kluber is in line to pitch tomorrow. He wouldn't be able to pitch right after Cole. But then after that, since we have the off day on Monday, I think that after that it'll get back into Cole, Kluber, Tyon, Montgomery, Hermont. So essentially what we're seeing with the Yankees is that they're putting Cole in every five or six days. They don't care where he's at in the lineup. They're just inserting him every five or six days. I think days. so. Because okay. they want to, they want to use sense him as much as possible, and I'm sure he's uh, he's happy to do it too. So, hell yeah! Well, that makes total sense because again, this is the third time that Cole will be starting, and each time that he started, he's pitched. Uh, you know, the next person behind him pitches as somebody else. The reality is, is that here we are. We're sitting in a spot with these guys starting like this. We're starting to see Cole start every five to six days, and this is on purpose by Boone and the coaching staff to make sure that he gets, like Matt said, as many games as he possibly can. So we'll see Cole inserted, you know, every few games here, but we're going to look at, you know, the Kluber and Tyon and Yarman and Montgomery really keeping their spots secure. And then Cole will be inserted as, um, as needed. And that will be a lot of fun because that means, you know, Boone and the coaching staff are going to have, I mean, a great time, uh, mixing and matching who's going to be pitching after who, especially because this entire season is full of series, you know, three game series, two game series. It's just the way they're doing it this year. Uh, so having this is going to really help us in the long run. Yeah, we get four in Baltimore in uh, a week and a half, Monday through Thursday series. So that should be cool. And I'm really excited to see the rest of the guys in the rotation. Uh, Cole is the only pitcher so far that we've seen more than once. So really, really everyone else in the rotation, there's a, there's a great storyline behind. Um, well, or a storyline, not great in Hermont's case, but a storyline nonetheless. Um, but especially Montgomery, Tyon, having such uh, issues with injury, getting to see them both look really good in their first outing. I'm really excited to see what their follow-up is going to be, so I can't wait. Yeah, man. Again, I cannot reiterate how excited I was for Tyon after he got done pitching. He was standing up at the place with Cole and all the other pitchers surrounding him. He had this beautiful smile of relief. Um, you know, I can't even imagine if you look at the last five years and all the injuries that he's had to go through. You know, the second time he had Tommy Johns, I, I you know... I've torn my ACL three times now, my shoulder twice. I know what that feeling is, is the second time you tear something, you immediately go, I don't know if I can bounce back because you know how much work is needed in order to be able to bounce back. So recognizing that and seeing that, that smile of relief of, I did it, I'm back here now. And I just really hope and pray that this guy can stay healthy all year because he really deserves it. He's been through so much in his life. Uh, Tyon really deserves an opportunity to stay healthy all the way through the year. Absolutely. He's 29, I believe, but um, his arm is pretty young because he's had to do a lot of rehab and stuff, but he hasn't had that wear and tear of a, uh, of a full, you know, a bunch of full seasons stacked up. Um, and I didn't even know until the broadcast, I read a little bit about him uh, when we got him, but I, I missed the part where he had cancer. So that just makes it especially um, awesome to see him come back and look healthy. And he seems like a nice guy. And yeah, absolutely. His smile on the sidelines, especially when he got to Cole, high five. And you can tell that the two of them get along really well. And 
um, they're going to learn a lot from each other. So I'm excited about that relationship moving forward through the rest of the season. Absolutely, man. All right. Now, I want to give a huge shout out to one of the uh, players that we're really excited about coming up through the organization. Um, recently, he took time and uh, liked us on Twitter. And to me, that was a big thing. Um, I'm talking about our young catcher stud, Donnie Sands. Uh, this is going to be somebody that Matt and I have watched through the Yankee system a lot. Uh, we, ha we speak very highly of this guy, and we're really excited about the possibility of one day him making the Yankee squad because having a farm system like the Yankees do is exciting. And Donnie, we see you. Thank you very much for taking time to listen to us, and we really appreciate you. All right, man. Well, I just want to, again, thank everybody for listening to the Yankee Death Star. This is something that, again, I, I, I've said probably seven times on this podcast. It's a passion project for Matt, Mark, and I. We've been Yankees fans for longer than we've uh, known. Mark and I had the uh, pleasure of, of watching Don Mattingly um, play in the 80s and in the 90s, early 90s. Uh, we, my dad used to take us to games and it was this really unique uh, opportunity that we had that we immediately fell in love with the idea of the Yankees. And there's nothing like going to Yankee Stadium, uh, whether it's opening day, whether it's uh, just a regular game, and just sitting out there in the sun um, hitting you and you just watching some amazing baseball. It's something I really miss, and I'm looking forward to being able to get back, hopefully this season, and be able to get to some games. But with that being said, I just really appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to Mark, Matt, and I. Uh, my name is Dave, and I am uh, the definitely the oldest one of this group, and I just really appreciate uh, everybody, Mark and Matt, sticking with us. That's right. We make sure uh, we remind him of that every episode that we can. Um, but really, yeah, we're really grateful that everybody's taking the time to join us, and we're just getting warmed up. Um, we're figuring out what the hell we're doing right now. Um, we know what we want to be doing, which is you know talking about the Yankees every day talking about every single game and giving as much information as we can about the Yankees. Um, and hopefully, um, and you know, people will listen. And if not, that's fine because we're having a lot of fun just getting it all off of our chest. We, we have a lot of information that they like to share and talk about. So if anybody else wants to listen, then that's a huge bonus for us. So, you know, thank you for, for joining us for this, this ride. It's been an awesome time. Absolutely. I can't wait. I love getting into it. Um, I love um, being able to talk to people about Yankees baseball always. If any of you have any comments or questions, um, hit up the, uh, the podcast Twitter page at Yankee Death Star on Twitter. And uh, any questions you have or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And check out this. This is exciting news. Uh, we moved up into the top 150 uh, baseball podcasts for Apple in America. That's big time. To me, that's huge. Uh, if you actually take time to look at it, we are the seventh ranked Yankees uh, podcast for Apple this year. That is massive. I get really excited about these stats because it proves that we are actually making a difference right now. So again, thank you for listening to us. We will be back tomorrow after the game.